Hey everyone, this is Greg Fontes, lead consultant for DEI at Proactive Talent. Today we are chatting with Kim Ali, who will be talking about inclusive wellness, and it will begin right after this message. Proactive Talent is the leading power partner to your recruiting engine. We're a coalition of recruiting and talent brand practitioners who provide the necessary tools and talent to tighten your hiring gaps, bolster your retention rates, and embolden your company mission, giving you the competitive edge needed in the ever-changing recruiting industry. With a holistic approach, we work alongside clients to help them build a powerful recruiting engine that enables them to efficiently attract, recruit, and retain top talent. We specialize in adding power to your full candidate journey from talent attraction to hiring to retention. Our clients include enterprise companies like Uber Postmates, Siemens Energy, Boston Consulting Group, Basic American Foods, and GoDaddy, as well as fast-growing startups like Calendly, Discord, and Gong. Please reach out to us today we would love to have a conversation. You may contact us at www.proactivetalent.com. That's www.proactivetalent.com. All right, everyone. Hello. Hello once again to another episode of our Ask Me Anything DEI podcast. Listen, I am super excited about our guest today. Uh, I know I'm going to allow her to introduce herself to you all, but we have none other than Kim Ali, who is here, who's going to be just giving some insight um, as we just dialogue about all things DEI. Kim, how are you this today, this day? Hi, Greg. I am doing well. Thank you so much for that powerful introduction. Awesome. Awesome. You're very welcome. I'm glad that you're here. So listen, Kim, uh, for those listeners that are here tuning in. Can you share with them who is Kim Ali? Who are you? What do you do? What is your area of specialty? All of those types of things. Go ahead and, and share a little bit about yourself for us. Absolutely. Well, uh, like Greg said, my name is Kim Ali. I am a registered nurse coming up on 17 years now. I cannot believe I'm that old. Wow. <laughs> but um, yeah, my background is in maternity nursing. And um, I had the opportunity to not only work all across the United States, but even worked overseas in a country called Qatar for five years. Um, had an unfortunate event that happened over there that led me down the road of DE&I work. And so now I own my own consulting firm and I provide inclusive wellness and diversity, equity, and inclusion solutions to companies. All right. All right. So, so what do you mean by inclusive wellness, right? Let, let's, let's go there. Like, that's what you do. You have your own firm, you have your own practice. What, what does that even mean uh, in your world? Sure. Uh, well, we all know that the workforce is diverse now, right? We have people from different um, social economic backgrounds. And so inclusive wellness is the practice of, you know, taking a look at your um, employee demographics. <clears throat> what neighborhoods do your employees live in? Do they have access to grocery stores? 
right? Is transportation an issue? Are they able to get their annual exams um, to see what their current health status is? You know, for a lot of people, that is actually um, a luxury. So just encouraging companies to be more inclusive with their wellness and EAP programs so that way um, it's accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excellent. I love that. I love that. It's such a valuable thing to have that mindset and that focus when working, uh, partnering, um, working in an organization. Um, it's so important to have those things. And so I guess for me, the question I want to ask you is why now? Why focus on inclusive wellness at this point in time? Sure, I recognize that our world is in a very particular space, a very interesting space as DEI is on the rise, uh, uh, organizations are turning more of a focus towards DEI, but we are in a great resignation, right? We're in a place where people are just leaving their jobs. Um, so, so why now? Why focus on inclusive wellness now? Mm-hmm. Great question. Well, I mean, if we look at the pandemic and the communities the um, pandemic has impacted the most, um, for example, African-Americans, we are only, what, 13 percent of the U.S. population, but we are, you know, 17 percent of the number of COVID deaths. Um, mm-hmm. Same with the Hispanic community. I think they are now, what, 15, 16 percent of the U.S. population. and mm-hmm. And they um, account for, um, I believe, 20% of the COVID deaths, right? And so that's an indicator that this population has, you know, health disparities. We have the highest rates of hypertension, um, diabetes, kidney disease, right? And so it's time that, you know, we start looking into the community and making our communities healthier because the people that live in the community Um, They work at companies. They are a part of an organization. And when you look at it, how much money is an organization losing for absenteeism due to illnesses? How much money are they spending on health insurance premiums, right? Because people have pre-existing conditions when they are hired with the organization. Um, And performance, you know, when you aren't feeling well and you're sick and tired, You can't show up and perform 100% because you're sick. And so I think if organizations, you know, look at it from that vantage point, um, they will start to see an increase in their bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so essentially what I'm hearing is, you know, what you're saying is there is an intersection that exists between one's physical, emotional state, as well as their performance. And when those things are lockstep one with another, that can result into greater performance results, greater uh, meeting your, your, your KPIs, your objectives, all of those types of things. Is that, is that what I'm hearing from you? Yes, Greg, that is what you were hearing. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Powerful stuff, powerful stuff. So it's really taking a, a, a different approach or, or more, a more holistic approach rather to the ideal of authentically showing up yourself, right? Being able to show up, not just in your identities and particularities, but in your health, right? But in your mental, emotional state, all of those types of things, which is powerful. It is, it is powerful. Mm-hmm. So, so with that being said, with that being said, uh, Kim, uh, what are some of the barriers that prevent some of that? 
Like, what are some of the things that you feel may get in the way from being able to have this inclusive wellness? Um, what are some of those challenges, some of those hurdles, uh, all, whether it is self-hurdles, whether it is organizational barriers? What, what are some of those things that get in the way of being able to, to truly walk and live and breathe in this inclusive, inclusive wellness? Right. Um, well, one, you know, lack of knowledge. Um, if you have not identified the problem or a correlation between the two, then, you know, it will be difficult to come up with solutions. Right. So that's one. Um, now, you know, most organizations are still working remote. Um, so people don't have to come to the office. Right. And when you don't physically see your team, health and wellness um, gets put on the back burner so to say, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then three, even um, the whole inclusive notion, this is still new and uncomfortable for a lot of people. You know, when people hear inclusivity and, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, a lot of people become afraid, right? Um, what is going to change if we start, you know, trying to make more inclusive, healthy workspaces? Am I losing something? You know, is my job at risk? And so just breaking down, you know, those fears and anxieties of the unknown will help break through a lot of barriers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. I love all of that. I love that. I love that. So, so, so switching gears, right? Just a tad bit, but, but it's kind of still staying in this wheelhouse of inclusive wellness. Um, I just love this concept. I just love this idea. So, so that's why I want to stay with it. Um, so with it, you know, how does an organization, you know, um, you know, we're working, let's say we're working with a startup organization, an organization in a hyper growth phase. How do we then uh, work alongside with them to develop, create a strategy um, to where inclusive wellness is a part of that? Like, like, what does that tangibly look like? in the day-to-day -day practice, like especially in particular in this remote space that we're in, this remote world that we're in, which doesn't look like many organizations are going back into the office. So what does it look like? How do we implement that into a day-to-day -day strategy? Right. Um, well, the first is, you know, do an assessment. Look at the demographics of your employees. You know, how many are um, of African descent, you know, or Caribbean, African-American? Um, how many are of Hispanic population, um, you know, West Indian, Asian? And then, you know, you want to educate yourself on, you know, cultural norms. What are some of the dishes that they like to eat? So <laughs> perfect example. Um, I was actually looking up a case study the other day, and um, this was done in New Mexico, which has a high Mexican population. And so, you know, uh, Mexican food um, is based on, you know, a lot of uh, starches, you know, the tortillas, burritos, nachos, right? And so there's one company that managed to implement um, nutritional courses. That was the, you know, foundation of their inclusive wellness program. And so they were able to show that, hey, you know, you can still have the foods you love, but just swap things out. So, for example, instead of using um, flour tortillas, they would swap it out for maybe corn or even, you know, use lettuce as a substitute, right? Um, mm -hmm. Instead of using sour cream, um, use Greek yogurt as toppings, you know? Instead of the salsa, which is loaded with sodium, use just plain fresh tomatoes, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
what they did next was they partnered with a local clinic so that way people could go and, you know, get their blood pressure, blood sugar checked. And within a matter of a couple of months, you know, um, people were able to come off of some of their medications. You know, people adapted a healthy lifestyle and their performance increased at work because they, you know, weren't getting the itis <laughs> after lunch. <laughs> you know, that's not normal. Food should give you energy, not make you tired and sleepy. And so just small changes like that, not only was the company able to save money, but they were able to increase engagement and increase the performance um, of their coworkers, I mean, of their employees. Wow. I feel like my whole diet's about to change now. Like, <laughs> came from my whole life right now. And, and yeah, I, I got I to think about that one. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so, so you're from the Caribbean, right? I, I am. I do have Caribbean roots and, and yeah. starches and all of those things. I don't, I'm like, I don't feel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to process that one. I'm going to have to process that one. Um, no, but that's awesome. So so tell me, um, uh, how does your work, right? And you mentioned, you know, you're, you're an RN, you've been doing that for a number of years, right? How much of that, you know, and, and that experience, you know, in particular to being overseas, how did, much did that influence, you know, this inclusive wellness like how much how much did that influence your way of thinking uh influence why this is a passion area of yours like how much did that influence you mm, well long story short um you know as i said in the beginning i was working overseas and um unfortunately i lost my job to systemic racism um, and the events that led up to me being fired, it was stressful. It affected my mental health, um, my emotional health. And, you know, if the organization had resources in place, you know, such as maybe inclusive wellness or, you know, uh, employee resource groups for minority, um, you know, maybe it wouldn't have affected me so much. Um, and because of that lack, um, you know, it, it encouraged me to start my own company, right? Um, and so that way I can, you know, be a source um, to individuals who are maybe working in a toxic work environment, or if there's an organization, you know, that recognizes that there are social economic gaps, you know, between minorities and Caucasians, then maybe they want to, you know, help them and, you know, make their quality of life better. And so that's, you know, in, in a nutshell, <laughs> that's why I started my business. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow. Um, I'm sorry you, you you did lose your job, but but I'm grateful for your business and, and what you're doing because it is so needed. I, you know, mm -hmm. as, as you're, you know, sharing these things, I'm thinking about just how we're in this great resignation period right, where individuals are just leaving their jobs. They're not saying that they don't want to be in that same stressful environment like mm -hmm. it was pre-pandemic. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'd love to, I'm curious, love to get your thoughts on this. Like, would that have been different? Like, would we be experiencing a great resignation if companies, organizations had in place inclusive wellness practices or were more intentional about that in, in the foods, but the, the work hours and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, offering gym memberships or credits or whatever, whatever have you, uh, you know, 
because I'm under the belief that I think that the numbers would not be as high. I think individuals would be more um, uh, connected to their workplaces. But because those practices weren't in place, that's why these numbers are so high and, and we're in this movement of the Great Resignation. Curious to know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But, you know, there's another piece to that um, as well. And that's, um, you know, the belonging. I, I did something, if you're on LinkedIn, you know, guys, follow me on LinkedIn, but I did something about that, you know, and I said burnout versus belonging. Why are people really leaving? And, you know, people are tired. Um, people don't feel included. You know, I've heard mm -hmm. of stories where people are intentionally left out of Zoom meetings now because, you know, we're working remote. Um, people are overlooked for promotions now. People are intentionally left off of emails that are pertaining to them now. Um, and so people, you know, they want to feel valued, right? Everyone mm -hmm. wants to feel like they belong and appreciate it. And it's impacting people's mental health. And McKinsey and Company did a study last year. It was the end of last year, and it's called Women in the Workplace. You can look it up. But 60% of Black women said they have experienced some form of emotional trauma in the workplace over the last year. Mm. Right? And so people are tired. Um, being home has opened up people's eyes. You know, people can see, hey, I can run a business while I'm home or, you know, I can go back to school or, you know, I can go work someplace where, you know, I'm respected and I'm valued and I can show up to work and be my best self, right? And so that's another reason why we are seeing the great resignation. People are just fed up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, absolutely. And I love that. Um, but but he, he, here's where I want to push a little bit, if that's all right. You know, you talk about burnout versus belonging, and I completely agree. Yes, uh, people do want to feel like they belong. They do want to feel like they matter. But, you know, to be honest, when with for me in particular, once, you know, I started working in this remote world, um, the ideas of work-life balance really became cloudy mm -hmm. and being at home got a little bit more exhausting, yeah. right? There's, you know, there's many who have this Zoom burnout or, or, or Microsoft Teams burnout or, or Google Meet burnout, whatever platform <laughs> your organization is using. We get tired of being a part of those meetings. We get, it gets exhausting waking up and you're, you're home all day and maybe you're, you, you, you know, you have your children that are with you. You are in the same spot most of the day. And um, it gets frustrating at times. It gets exhausting and burnout now becomes part of the, your reality, right? So, so how do you navigate those moments, right? To where we're saying, yes, there's this element of, of belonging, but being in a remote world now can also lead to burnout. Yeah. So, so what do we do with that? What, how do we make sense of that? Yeah, well, I normally tell people, you know, one, um, set boundaries if you can, depending on, you know, your boss and your coworkers, <laughs> you know, but no more emails after five o'clock, right? And no Ooh. emails before <laughs> nine o'clock. Coming from my life right now. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But you know, that's how you set, that's how you avoid the, you know, uh remote burnout, right? Mm -hmm. Um, another example, the Zoom fatigue. If there's something that can be an email instead of a meeting, just send an email. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, also, you know, allocating 
Um, <laughs> also allocating a workspace, right? So try not to have your office in your living room because it's hard to disconnect from work when your laptop is staring you in your face while you're trying to watch Netflix. You know, try to set up boundaries if you can. Um, mm -hmm. and dress up like you're going to work. I know a lot of people show up to work in their hair rollers and pajamas. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know try to set the tone as if you are actually going to an office. So that way you'll be able to disconnect, right? So at five mm -hmm. o'clock, um, shut it down, no more emails, and take your work clothes off and put on, you know, your evening mm -hmm. clothes. Mm -hmm. um, those mm -hmm. are just some of the tips, you know, take a lunch, take your one hour lunch. Don't sit there and work through mm -hmm. your lunch, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are just some of the ways we can avoid burnout from working at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boundaries. Yeah, that's critical. That That is critical. <laughs> and as boundaries and routine is what I'm hearing, you yeah. know, um, at, you know, follow the same routine as though you were going to work. You, know, you yeah. wake up, you, you get ready, and, and you go into that space, and, and you take your lunch break, and you kind of shut things down after a certain hour. Um, you know, that's that's critical there. You know, and you know, as I'm I'm hearing that, you know, um, I'm also thinking about separating your spaces. You yeah. know, because sometimes we we could, if we're sitting on the couch, right, or you're we're working in the kitchen, then the the kitchen becomes the workspace, the couch becomes the workspace, and and you'll never be able to turn things off and on. Um, so I think for me, what has helped me is if I'm if I'm in work mode, you know, I'm, I'm in the office, uh, in my home office, I'm working there, and then when I'm done, I leave there, and I don't yeah. need to come back until the next day, um, so that my mind doesn't get triggered. Um, in that same setting. So setting those boundaries, having those routines, I think is critical as well. Exactly. And another tip, you know, try not to have your work email on your personal phone. Ooh. Yeah, because even if you're out of the house, if you get a notification from your boss, I mean, we're inclined to check it. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. And I think it's because we live in such of this, this high demand yeah. mindset. Um, this capitalistic high demand mindset of, you know, if you're not engaged and you're, then you're losing money, you're not productive. And, and I know for me, I, I got like four different emails on my phone and, and oh, they wow. come up, I'm, I'm, I'm checking them. Um, but I know I have to do better at, yeah. um, you know, separating those, those mindsets. I used to do that. Um, but, but not so much anymore. And so, uh, thank you for pointing out all of my flaws. <laughs> I, I, I greatly appreciate you. <laughs> so, so, uh, so with that being said, so that that being said, you know, what would be your biggest piece of advice that you would give someone? I know you've shared some things about you know burnout, but but what would you what would be your biggest piece of advice that you would give someone who is in their work experience and they're really trying to move towards? Um, creating a culture of inclusive wellness for their organization, whether it be someone in a DEI functional role or whether it just be someone who just has a passion for this and wants to do better. Like, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give them? Um, you know, just think about your employees, you know, think about everything that has happened in the world the last two years, you know, a pandemic. Um, so many people have lost loved ones. So many people have become ill. 
um, social injustices, right? Um, what are your employees of color going through? Sit down, have a chat with them, do a pulse check on your people and see, you know, what are they really dealing with? You know, you may have someone on your team who is really struggling. I mean, it is a struggle just to show up at work, right? So any extra support that you can give your team, especially employees of color, I'm sure they were greatly appreciated. And you never know, you could be saving someone's life just by checking in on them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, and so um, with that being said, you know, uh, we're about wrapping up now, uh, Kim, with that being said, how can people contact you? How, how can people, if people want to know who is Kim Ali, I, I got to know who she is. I want to know more about her. I want to know her story. Uh, I want to connect with her. How can people do that? What's the best way that we can find you and connect with you? Sure. Um, I'm always on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. It's Kim's actually K-Y-M, <laughs> Kim with the Y, and then Ali is my last name. Um, my website is www.kimali, and you can email me at info at kimali.com. Awesome. Awesome. Kim with a Y, everyone. Kim with a Y. <laughs> Listen, I, you, you're listening. Whoever's listening right now, I need you to pull up your phone, pull up your laptop, go to LinkedIn. I need you to add her. She is phenomenal. Kim, I just want to say thank you so much for just joining us today. You have um, provided so much insight, so much things for me to think about and reflect upon personally as well as professionally. Uh, you're phenomenal. And I want to just say thank you for joining us today. Um, you've been an extreme pleasure to, to just talk with today. Oh, thank you, Greg. Well, I have to say, I admire you for having a platform like this. Um, you know, it's really important to share new and innovative ideas. So thank you for everything that you were doing for the community. You're very welcome. Thank you all for tuning in, everyone. Um, have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you have not already, please take advantage of the resources cited in the podcast description. They are there to benefit you. Until next time, goodbye.